0: Hello, welcome to The Squarebase Show. I'm your host, Rob, with my co-host, Val, and today we're going to be giving you FAQ Hot Mm. Takes. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> okay, get ready to get punch drunk and punch quick with two people who are going to speed through the FAQ. Let's just do some quick TLDRs. It's Monday, and today, not only have all the legacy PDFs been released, but also the FAQ for the cool rulebook. So our first release. A lot of you, some people, and I've seen this a lot on the internet, they get a little bit sad when they're like, Oh, so my book is invalid. <laughs> yes, that's basically how books work. I really hope that they integrate these into the uh, EPUBs that they have released and that they yes. automatically update the EPUBs. This would be great. But some of them uh, aren't they necessarily won't. even like erratas. Some of them are just rules clarifications because wordage I'm, is hard.
1: I'm not seeing any errata. So therefore, um, these, these are genuine frequently asked questions. So these are clarifications. So that's great. Sometimes their FAQs are like erratas, in which they change change it in like an a raw interpretation to what they think it should be. Um, but um, we'll see how they we'll see whether or not these are just good clarifications. Um, I'm also noticing there's nothing about the individual armies on here, um, so that's uh, that's also interesting. Maybe we'll see some stuff for the grand armies, uh, you know, to follow.
0: Yeah, and so we haven't even read through these yet. We are. This yeah. is literally hot takes, Dangerous. guesses of what they're at, uh, and so. <laughs> And so being part of our wonderful community, people live on Twitch, people in the YouTube comments, people on the podcast, feel free to throw out all your ideas, stuff that you also want answering, uh, stuff that you're not clear about, like and especially the YouTube comments. I tend to find there's a lot of people who reply to each other's comments now, which yeah, I think is really great. healthy. So if you do have, hey, I don't know how this works, or actually I've been reading, I can't find an answer to this. Someone is probably gonna pop in and answer your question. So uh let's let's try to do this together, let's build a community working around. Around this. That's what we're going to try and do right now. So uh, we're going to pop off. So uh, Va- and, re- I,
1: I just want to, I want to interject real quick too. And as, as a matter of square baseness, we're also going to start pinning a top comment with any errors or omissions. So like, if you are like going into the comments, uh, hot, check the, check the pin comment going forward. And we'll go back and do that on some of our other shows too. Uh, Cause sometimes, yeah, things we, you know, the hot take is a hot take. Um, and the commenters to get on get in on these things. Like I learned so much. So anything that's good that I pull out of there, I'll I'll make sure that it's in sort of a pinned comment so you guys can see. Uh, so we'll 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 have an FAQ for our FAQ hot takes. Oh, sick!
0: God, that is good. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> I want to do that more. Okay. All Arata right.
1: On the errata Let's go.
0: All right. So and also, I, I mean, it's good. Like, let's also talk about support as well. A lot of people saying that Old World wasn't going to or might not get the support. It's just going to be fire and forget. This is a day nope. one, basically, release. Um, yes. And it's pretty significant. There's four pages. So if you're an Old World fan or thinking about getting the Old World, I would be very confidently buoyed by the support this game is going to get, um, you know, which is going to be good.
1: All right, so. And Yes, and, and in, the, in the Legacy uh, slash Renegade PDF, article they also committed to doing this every six months uh at least we think it is because they said by by annually but we think they meant semi-annually um so yeah
0: that's clearly a supported game so yeah let's get after it exactly all right first one can a unit a rating close order or open order formation be a one model wide the answer is yes okay that's Super good. simple very easy simple thing Do you want, do you got any thoughts on that Well, there's lots of monsters and
1: and units that aren't in units uh, that have close order specifically, so I guess that's a good clarification.
0: It's because lots of movement is based around how close order units move and open order units move, so, like, yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, next one, Magic. If a wizard miscasts and rolls an 8 or higher on the miscast table, is it only the wizard that attempt to cast any more spells for the remainder of that turn, or is it all wizards in their army? Uh, And the answer is a roll of an 8 or higher on the miscast table affects all friendly wizards. Yep, um, and that's how I read it. But I did think
1: to myself, is that how it works? Very happy to see that they say yes. That is how they work.
0: Okay, so does this make miscasting much more dangerous? Uh, it makes a sudden
1: stop more more likely because that means, like on the Magic Hot Takes, we were talking about how like there's basically, you know, there is now something bad happens pretty much no matter what. Mainly that you no longer get to high, uh, you no longer get to cast anything. Um, uh, for the remainder of the turn, not even that phase. So that's even more harsh. So yeah.
0: so and um, because of the way it's worded when I when I dispel, this means I'm no longer gonna be able to dispel for the rest of the turn if I was to roll a double one on the dispel. Got FAQ to
1: you and then the FAQ. No, uh, I, that, I would think so. Because you just replaced my like yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's ooh. fast. That's interesting. That's dangerous. Okay. okay. That's cool. dangerous. Okay.
0: Yep. Okay, what happens when a Remains-in-place spell that's already in effect if the wizard that cast it attempts to cast it again? I think a lot of people, there was some wordage for what uh, that Remains-in-place spells can't, like you can't cast two This is just clearing it up and it says it ends immediately, which is great So you can't mm-hmm. have the same Remains spell sp- from the same wizard But you can have multiple wizards with the same Remains-in-place spell Okay Yep Uh you want
1: alternate a bit here? Uh, sure, go for it, boss yeah. Can a model wearing armor or carrying a shield
0: cast a bound spell? Yes. Nice. Nice. Because normally they can't, apart from the exception of multiple different wizards who can.
1: Yes, of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and a Bound spell is, yeah, obviously yeah, you often in magical items and things. So yes, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, does a wizard that has joined a unit need to be in base contact with an enemy model to cast an settlement spell? Oh, actually, this oh. is what I do want. Uh, or do yeah. they only need to be within the fighting rank? They only need to be in the fighting rank, bud! All right! We spent... We speculated on that, and we were correct. That's awesome. Good. All right, love that. If a wizard declines... A, oh, god, sorry. This is
1: you. Sorry, apologies, apologies. If a wizard declines a challenge and retires from combat, does their unit lose the benefits of any ranged self-spell that the wizard has cast?
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, that's huge.
1: So that's a good way to like take off an effect, is,
0: uh, is if the wizard's the only character in combat, just challenge him out. That's interesting. Cool. Dude, that is actually very cool. Okay, and then they just like would lose their five at ward or something. Okay, love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's really good, that's really fun. If a unit with a fly X special rule moves over a magical vortex, it counts as strain. Is it affected by it? Oh, yes. Magical vortex is considered tall enough Ooh. to affect even models that are flying above the battlefield. The, these are genuine, interesting questions.
1: <laughs> these are actually good questions. Wow. All right. Cool. The first one was the only one I was like, well, yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, those that was those were good. All right. All right. Okay, love that. I'm into
0: this. Movement. Uh, Yeah, go for it.
1: Is a unit's maximum possible charge range the maximum distance from an enemy unit at which it can declare a charge, or the maximum distance it can move when making a charge move? And the answer is, it is the maximum distance from an enemy unit at which it can declare a charge. I think that one we knew. Oh, okay,
0: good. Uh, but just for clarification for other people at home, because when you charge, you wheel, but when you're wheeling, that takes up like the the existence of the movement, if that makes sense. So let's say you charge 10, and you're exactly 10 away, but it requires you to do a two-inch wheel, then you effectively get that for free, but not quite free, because it's not that you get free wheels, it's that you completed the charge, and but then you wouldn't get to make the very best connection at the end. Like, so there's a little bit... So yeah, d- the
1: wheel. We- yeah, the wheel is at the beginning of the move to maximize contact, and so the way it's phrased is that it cannot make you fail the charge. Mm. Um, so, like the where it becomes a little bit, int- bit a little bit dicey is when, um, like, say someone's to the very extreme edge of your arc. So if you were to go straight, you would miss the unit. Um, that's that's where uh, I hope we maybe get a clarification on that. Um, this is just more like. Um, uh, yeah, this is just basically the um, the charge range is just like the theoretical max distance a unit can go. Yeah, uh, on a charge, if you were to roll the six.
0: Yeah, and the and the other movements inside of that are not going to shut down your ability to complete that charge. Um, so then, uh, when a unit performs a maneuver, can its front edge pass through another unit? No. The only exception is when a unit pivots.
1: So that is really good too, mm-hmm. because. Ah, that is a really good clarification because um, right now I think a lot of people were assuming that maneuver also referred to wheels. So if you were in like if you have a bunch of guys together in a line and they're really tight, you can't actually wheel because your unit's going to hit the other one. Yeah, um, uh, pivot I guess refers to like at the end of an open order move is literally when it moves on the spot. Um, so like that's that's very cool. Very um, so that very is cool. a good clarification. That is a very good clarification. Love that. Uh, okay, so oh, when- actually no. Here we go. When a unit wheels, it is—is is it acceptable for a rear corner to pass through another unit? Yes, provided the unit does not end its movement on top of another unit or within one inch of an enemy unit. When a unit wheels, those at its rear do not do not really follow a long curving path as it might appear, uh, moving a large block of models on the table. In reality, they would take a more direct route, following the paths of the front rank and resuming their formation behind it. So there you go. They actually they clarify both. So yes, you you are not uh, railroaded. Because in older games, you could like literally like make it so a unit couldn't turn because you put one unit here. Yeah, you'd move block them. Um, and uh, so that kind of removes that from the game, which I think is a very good one. A I agree. Very good thing to do.
0: Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Because that is a feels bad. And some of the some yes. of the single, like an eagle is a perfect example of something that you could just use to ruin people's lives. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, when a unit redirects a charge, can it charge a unit that lies beyond its maximum possible charge range? Answer, no. Just good clarification. It's fine. Um, Mm -hmm. Next. If a unit that
1: is arrayed in open order wishes to use the fast cavalry special rule to perform a quick turn after Mm -hmm. marching, can any of the models within that unit move further than twice their movement characteristic? No. As stated on page 124, no model can move further than twice its movement characteristic. However, there are obvious exceptions to this, such as when a marching column marches or when a dice roll determines a unit's movement. (laughs)
0: I love that. It's like no, look it up, bitch. <laughs> okay, that's good. I think I think open orders and skirmish units are going to have some. They have so much freedom compared to everything else that it's going to feel yeah. uh, like like an issue in some cases. Uh, when a unit enters the battlefield reinfor- as reinforcements. Is there a limit to how far into the battlefield models can be placed? Yes, the unit is considered to have moved onto the battlefield; therefore, no model can be placed more than twice its movement characteristic from the edge of the battlefield. Cool. Uh, it uh, the unit enters from. Okay, nice and easy. Uh, that that actually is also a good clarification
1: because you could try to to gain an edge there by you know deploying onto the board in a like a very narrow marching column. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's good. That does restrain that. That's good. That's good. Shooting. Shooting. Can a model use a? Can a model use a breath weapon after marching? No. A model cannot shoot during the shooting phase if it marched during the preceding movement phase. And although they work differently to most missile weapons, breath weapons are a type of missile weapon. Okay. Perfect. Cool. So same restrictions. Same as same as uh, magic missiles. You can't march and shoot those either.
0: Love both of those two things. Can a unit that is partially on a hill? Oh my god. Can I just say right now that I, I w- never intend to buy a hill or produce a hill or have a hill at my event? Because immediately someone was like, hey, oh. bro, have you got a hill? I'm like, shut up. Not in deployment <laughs> zones, at least. Like, like anyway, but whatever. Everyone apparently wants one hill that they put all of their models on. Uh, can a unit such a conversation. Yes. Continue, yeah, that, yes. that I loathe. It's uh, such a conversation. Yeah. Yes. Can a unit that is partially on a hill shoot in two ranks or draw a line of sight across other units that are not themselves on a hill? Only answer... Only people who bring hills are awful. No, only with those models that are on the hill. For example, if a unit consists of 20 models in two ranks, 10 and only five models in each rank are on the hill, only those two models can claim benefits from shooting on a hill. Why is there so much clarification about hills?
1: Uh, Because they're incredibly important. Hills and trees are very important. And I think, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, It sounds like uh, we're going to disagree a lot on this. Uh, well i mean
1: they just have powerful effects right so so line of, you're able to draw a line of sight over other models uh when you're on a hill um, not over other hills or over other forests but over other models um so uh yeah they're they're very you know powerful important terrain pieces uh so it's good that they clarify that it's basically on a model by model basis so that's great that is good i agree Uh, Can a unit on a hill draw a line of sight across and shoot over another unit on the same hill? I think this is actually in the rules, though. A unit that is closer to the top of the hill. Oh, my goodness. They're really good. Okay. Okay. I don't. Can draw a line of sight. No, no, no. Can draw a line of sight across and shoot over one that is closer to the bottom. Units cannot draw a line of sight across or shoot over units that are closer to the top of the hill than they are. So they basically went with a complicated ruling that's but one that I guess plays somewhat logically. So not so bad. But when I checked this uh, when I was playing with Dickie, um, it it seemed to say that um, that basically if you're
0: both on the hill, then you can't see over the other one. They're basically modifying that. Perfect. Uh, Can a cannon target a point on the ground if woods or a hill (laughs) lie between it and the point? No, nice. a cannon uh, a cannon cannot shoot over woods or hills, even if it's on a hill. <laughs> mm-hmm. As I <laughs> mentioned, however, as I mentioned. However, a stone thrower can be uh, can if it chooses to fire indirectly. Perfect. Or anything else that has bombardment.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Can a cannon target a point on the ground if another unit lies between it and that point? Not unless that cannon is on a hill and the unit is not. However, as above, a stone thrower can if it chooses to fire indirectly. Those are actually two kind of not necessarily needed ones, but it does basically really reinforce the idea that hills and forests block line of sight, as do uh units and models on the table. So that's to me a clarification of line of sight, and um it's good. And, I think it's in the rules good already. One to but it's have. Good. Yeah, I I
0: th- yep. I also think both of those two things were already in the rules, but it's nice just to be yep. like simple question, simple answer, uh, instead of yep. like you know a couple of paragraphs. So I'm in on those. Yep. Combat.
1: Is that, right? Mm-hmm. Is that all right?
0: Is it you or me? Yeah. No, it's you. It's you, baby. Okay. If my unit... Uh oh, loses a round of combat and either gives ground or falls back in good order for big, Uh, (laughs) for big O. Can it choose to use different weapons in the next turn if the enemy made a follow-up move or pursuit move? No. Even though the unit separated momentarily, they remain locked in place and engaged in combat once the follow-up pursuit move has been made. In other words, the combat is ongoing and neither unit has a time to stow one weapon in exchange for another. The exception being a time it takes to discard a broken lance, spear, or draw a sword. Sword.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Cool. I think this is probably uh, going to affect, uh, like, is it horde units or mob units, where you can have you can have multiple different weapon profiles in a unit, so that yeah. like you know your front rank has got X, and then you know you get re- you fall back, you are like actually I'm going to change it to this, so you can't do that. So whatever you start with yep. is where you're locked in at, which is interesting.
1: All right, that's cool. Uh, what happens to a unit that gives ground whilst within two inches of the edge of the battlefield? <sighs> Should any part of a unit cross beyond the edge of the battlefield while it's giving ground, the entire unit is removed from play and counts as having been destroyed. That is a great clarification. Ooh. I actually wondered this when we first learned about uh, Fubugigo and uh, and give ground. So that's awesome. You can literally put. You can just literally bully a unit fully off the table. That is great. Okay. Even if they're giving ground. So like that's that's good. So you can you can you can sort of win, but also lose. So that's good.
0: It's good it's good against especially uh, you know, gunline armies that are gonna deploy right near the back of the edge battlefield. Mm-hmm. Like line. Yeah, you just That's push good. them off the table. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get out. Uh all right. What happens if a unit that cannot give ground due to the presence of another unit, the unit stops immediately as if it were surrounded? That's interesting. I wondered if the units popped through. Uh
1: that I swear is also in the rules already. But that again, not a bad clarification. Um uh, what happens if a unit that wishes to make or uh, to whoa, whoa. what happens if a unit that wishes to make a pursuit or overrun move cannot move due to the presence of other units? Answer: It may happen that it simply it's it is simply impossible for a pursuing or overrunning unit to move without it ending up on top of another unit. In such cases, the unit does not move, but is considered to have made a pursuit or overrun move.
0: Okay, All right, cool. All right, that's a bit of a shame, but like it's it's a good answer and the right answer. But I like I like the idea of setting up something so that like my unit intentionally flees, hits a road, like you know falls, like loses, bumps over my own unit, and then like Mm -hmm. you have to like follow up into my other unit, but you can't do that, and that's probably okay. Uh, one thing though that immediately comes to mind would be
1: if you um, are doing a pursuit move and you roll enough to catch them, but you can't physically get to where the unit got to, are they still destroyed?
0: Yeah, I think I think that's what it's trying to say. I would okay. absolutely say that because like you can do the pursuit or overrun. So I would say if you've like, I think that's absolutely what it is. Uh, okay, so if a unit completely destroys its enemy, oh, wait, is this you? Um, uh, no, that's you. Oh, if a unit completely destroys its enemy in combat and makes an overrun move, can it attempt to reform after moving? Answer, unless it pursued into a fresh enemy, yes. Ooh. A unit that overruns makes a normal pursuit move, and since the enemy has already been wiped out, it may attempt to reform as it has run down its foe, as described. So running a unit down is super powerful. Like, you wipe the unit out, you get a reform at the end. That's super good. And also, this is huge. Uh, I am... Uh, very certain
1: and i might get lit up in the comments on this but i'm very certain that in eighth edition when i played if you overran uh, a unit and like uh um uh like basically if you charge in destroy the unit and you overrun um you weren't able to reform after that so a lot of times you'd be left way out of position this means that you're not getting punished for doing really well in combat that is a great great clear these are all these are a lot of bangers here this is great they're really good um they're really good so, challenges. If a wizard engaged in a challenge knows and uses an assailment spell that uses a template, uh-oh, are the hits distributed amongst the rear ranks of the enemy unit as described on page 158, or is it only the other participant in the challenge that is hit? It is only the other participant in the challenge that is hit, is the answer.
0: All right. so that's a nice way a to a... stop the assailment bomb that's about to happen. Yeah, cool. Okay. Right, the psychology of warfare. Are units required to make panic tests due to the actions of friendly models? For example, if a wizard miscasts and rolls a two to four on a miscast cause table, causing a dimensional cascade and inflict sufficient casualties on a friendly unit to cause to panic, must they make a panic test? The answer is yes. That example sounds like to us something that really would cause a panic amongst the ranks. Oh, even a little <laughs> bit of commentary. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Not bad. Yeah, that's uh- great.
1: Question. Units must make a panic test when a nearby friendly unit with a unit strength of five or more is destroyed. When is unit strength counted from the start of the turn, the start of the phase or the point at which the unit is destroyed? Mm -hmm. Answer. From the start of the phase during which the unit was destroyed. For example, if a friendly unit with the unit strength of 10 is destroyed by enemy shooting during a single shooting phase, it causes panic in nearby friendly units players are not expected to remember the unit strength of every unit from the from turn to turn or phase to phase but should keep track
0: of unit strength during each phase mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. that's just a good answer good clarity mm-hmm. like i like that as well okay universal special rules right Can you choose not to roll for the arrival of Ambushers during the start of the turn subphase? No. Unless the unit itself or the scenario being played as a special rule that changes the way your Ambushers arrive, you must roll for the arrival during each of your turns from round two onwards. However, any special rules that affect the arrival of Ambushers which take effect after the start of turn phase but before Compulsion Move subphase may be used as normal regardless of the results of the Ambushers rule. Okay. That's good. That's just good clarity in my opinion uh on yeah
1: if a weapon with the armor bane x special rule also has the poison attack special great rule, question. what happens yeah, yeah yeah this is, and i hope it's what I, the answer is uh, uh ha- also has the poison attack special rule what happens if i roll a natural six when rolling to hit answer a rule such as armor bane x can have no effect if no roll to wound is made in such cases you may choose to uh choose to roll to wound as normal in the hope of improving the weapon's ap characteristic but if you do, the effect of poison attacks is lost, and you must accept the result of the to roll Wound.
0: Okay. All right. So you get a choice here. Have, is there, have we got abilities that stack on sixes? Is there more, like poison is a six. Is there any other sixes? Uh, I'll have to uh, go check. Well, both of these. Uh, uh, to Wound. Well, uh, no, you... Armour Bean is six to Wound, right? Oh, I see. Oh, I see what the... Oh, I see what uh, Armour Bean the is to Wound. Is here now. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that it's does your auto does your auto to wound from poison? Because just for everyone at home, poison automatically wounds on a roll of of a six to hit. Uh, however, armor bane, which adds to your armor penetration, happens on a roll of a six to wound. So as they've said, what happens is you can either roll the sixth and it's a poison, or you can be like, no, 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 I'm just going to take that as a normal to hit, and then I'm going to roll to wound and try to get my armor bane instead. That at least gives you. Um, that at least gives you some options, which I think is mm-hmm. quite nice. Oh, Killing Blow is six to wound. That's interesting. So that would be like, does Killing Blow an armor bait and stack, I guess, is the right question. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, but that's good. That's good clarity. That's good. So it's uh, in my choice, that's actually really nice. So instead of it just being some arbitrary decision, I get some decision making, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it
1: also it dovetails with the, like, if you don't roll to hit... You don't get poison, for example, which is another thing they've had. They've gotten the rule. So yeah. yeah, if if it's if it's something that triggers on a roll to hit or a roll to wound, you actually have to roll to get that benefit. Yeah, uh, you, you don't just automatically get it if you automatically hit or automatically wound.
0: Cool. That makes sense. Uh next up is you, I think.
1: Um sure. Uh, some mounted models have the counter charge special rule, but others do not, even though they have the same type of mount. Is this intentional? Yes. Counter charge is a rule that represents the skill and ferocity of the rider, not their mount. In other words, not every rider is willing or
0: able to perform a countercharge regardless of their mount. Just cool. high health players currently writing in, Dragon Princes. <laughs> Why do they have Impetuous? For sure. Okay. Uh, can a model with large target special rule draw a line of sight over uh, or through another model with a large target special rule? The answer is no. Interesting. So larger target just stops straight out. Um, yep. Okay. I'm liking the clarifications to
1: line of sight. Um yep. If a character without the Vanguard special rule joins the unit with it during deployment, can the character make a Vanguard move with the unit? No. What's more, if the unit is formed, it will not be able to make a Vanguard move. However, if the unit is, skirm- is in skirmish formation, it can make its Vanguard move as normal, leaving the character behind. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Because, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Because normally the character would move from the unit, but in this case, they can just dust them. All right, yeah, cool. Okay,
0: that's good. I love that. Uh, what happens if a weapon is subject to both the ponderous and quick-to-shoot special rule? These rules, effectively, yeah, <laughs> yes. uh, the rules effectively cancel one another out, meaning the weapon would suffer a minus one hit modifier for moving and shooting, uh, because one okay. is ignore the minus one and one is add plus one, so it's cancel each other out. Okay.
1: Can a character that is fleeing use the rallying cry special rule? Obviously not. No. Because no one would hear them over the sound of them running away.
0: <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> These are also good answers, because they're fun. I'm liking them. Yeah. yeah. If, if a model with regeneration X special rule passes its regeneration save against an attack with multiple wounds X special rule, do I still need to roll the dice for the number of multiple wounds generated by a dice roll? Okay, this is interesting. Yes. Ooh. So this is, actually, this is actually, in my opinion, a change, right? Even yes. though, like, this is a change from what's written in the rules. Even though the wounds were saved, they will still count towards the combat result. Oh, wait, It will still count if the number of multiple wounds is generated by the dice roll. Wait, hold on. Uh, let me just read it again. Sorry. Against an attack with multiple wounds, special rule. Do I still need to roll the dice if the number of multiple wounds is generated by a dice roll? Okay, so if it's saved. So basically, it just adds to the. Because any wounds that you save thanks to regeneration still count towards combat resolution however Got it. does that make sense so that's what's happening what i thought yes. this was going to say was that you would was like roll the pain yeah you would multiply out your damage and then you would roll regeneration save so that's not the case you make your regeneration yeah. save and if you pass it you still roll out the damage so because that counts towards combat resolution okay okay that's cool all right so it's
1: not okay cool that's yeah we're not as big read. as you me thought the
0: same thing yeah because yeah, yeah. you can still okay. have two ward saves which is insanely dumb but sure
1: yeah <laughs> can a unit that deploys using the Scout special rule
0: make a Vanguard move no obviously. that's pretty straightforward obviously uh, why, why would you I'll put this here okay now move uh when a unit that does not have the stupidity special rule is joined by a character that does the unit becomes subject to the special rule what happens if the character leaves the unit the unit ceases to be uh, stupid the moment the character leaves that makes sense
1: yep uh, and that's also covered in the rules they're basically like anything that affects the unit, And then a character joins now affects the character and vice versa. And when they part, they stop affecting. So that's good. They're being consistent. That's great. Um, Can a character without the veteran special rule that has joined a unit with the veteran special rule benefit from it when attempting to use a special rule that requires them to make a leadership test? Rallying cry, for example. No. When a character attempts to use a special rule that requires them to make a leadership test... They must make their may, must use their own leadership characteristic, and unless specifically stated otherwise, cannot use any additional special rules they
0: themselves do not have. To hmm. a that them to a test. They use their own kind of character without the veteran special rule that has joined a unit with the veteran special rule benefit from it when attempting to use special rule that requires them to make a leadership test. Okay, All right, that makes that's self-explanatory. There's some interesting. They have thought about this a lot. Like for instance, uh, units with a uh, horde horde is the leadership one um whichever one it is either horde or the other one uh then then normally all the characters that can join that unit also no hordes an extra rank the uh not vanguard warband warband you get extra yeah yeah yeah, extra leadership um normally characters that can join that also have the warband special rule on Mm -hmm. there on their like sheet uh which is kind of nice Okay. What what is interesting in this, and again, this is a hot take, so maybe
1: this is something the comments can help me out with, but, um, and it might be, it's just that usually you're going to, in general, my gut would always be, you use the best leadership you have available in the unit when you're doing a test. This is saying that, you know, when when it's a, a character effect and it says leadership test, it has to be their own. Like, does that also apply to inspiring presence? Because aspiring presence used to be worded, and I, and I don't know it off the top of my head now if it's the same in, in in old world, used to be worded that you can use the general's leadership as your own. So maybe that gets around that. Um, but it's just interesting because, you know, usually you're in a situation where you can take the best. Maybe I'm overthinking this. Worth, worth additional reading on this. Because there might be situations where it actually does have uh, interesting ramifications.
0: Yeah. All right, unusual formations in the next section. Some attacks allow a specific model within a unit to be targeted. Can such an attack be used to break the coherency of a unit of skirmishes and cause other models to be removed as well? No. As stated on page 184, you cannot remove a model from a unit of skirmishes if doing so would cause that unit to lose coherency. However, if an attack targets a specific model such as a champion character, that model must be removed if the attack reduces you to zero wounds. In such cases, simply replace uh, the removed model with another model belonging to the same unit, one that would be removed as a casualty in order to maintain coherency. I think at this point, someone that asked a question. Well, what if that not possible, <laughs> <I guess the, laughs> is the next question, but what he's basically saying is, No, you can't do that, so just work it out. Okay, fair enough. Also,
1: like normally, this would be responded with that they would need to get back into current coherency as soon as they can. It's interesting that they basically abstracted, like when you like, uh, when when like uh, the fighting rank includes a musician and a standard bearer, although the the actual model would die, um, someone else comes and picks it up, they're sort of abstracting it by saying they just replace them in the unit. So that's interesting um um I was expecting them to say just they must move back into co- coherency as soon as they can okay. so they basically kept it they basically kept their ruling more consistent in the sense that they can never be out of coherency yeah um uh characters uh when a character takes a chariotism out do they replace one of the crew no The points you pay for a chariot include its crew, whether that chariot is included in your army on its own or as a mount for a character. However, in reality, it might prove difficult to fit a character and the full complement of crew onto the chariot model itself. So, if so, it is perfectly acceptable to remove one or more of the crew models to make space for the character. In such cases, we can think of the missing crew model's profile as a way of representing that the beasts pulling a character's chariot are bound to be bigger, stronger, and better trained than normal. The longest answer possible for... Uh, one of the most innocuous ones but that is
0: cool so yeah you still get all this stuff also pretty rad that you can like stack up a character on a chariot now and like kitbash it all that's fun that's fun yeah also i think it's
1: rad that we were willing to consider that i think you could do that before it's just like now now it's like oh maybe that actually isn't a dumb idea
0: also, absolutely uh, we'll rad that there's like a paragraph to just like be like, well, if the model isn't there, then how possibly would you ever do the attacks? <laughs> like, like, There's absolutely yeah. no imagination involved. Uh, right. <laughs> if a warband character, as described on page 180, joins a warband with a rank of bonus yeah. of plus one uh, or more, does the modifier uh, change their leadership characteristics to increase the command range? The answer is yes, which is actually pretty spicy. So if you did mm-hmm. have a high leadership, because uh, command range is based on the uh, number, sorry, the command range is based on the leadership of a character Mm -hmm. Uh, so you Mm -hmm. can have a pretty significant command range it's pretty fun
1: that's a that's a big deal too for like i can even in the game i played like uh like uh goblin shamans um you know they might have a command range for an effect of a spell like bad moon rising i think is an area of effect um so that means that they're getting the benefit from warband which i'm not sure if i was playing it that way or not so cool that is very cool. uh, I believe it's me. Canon question. Canon do not directly target enemy models. They target a point on the ground. How does this work with targeting lone characters? Can a cannon be fired in such a way as to hit a lone? This is awesome in a way such <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I apologize, <laughs> but I did wonder this. Can a cannon be fired in such a way as to hit a lone character that would normally be protected from shooting by their proximity to a friendly unit? So normally Whoa. you can't target a character within three inches of a unit um and so a cannon is actually shooting the ground so they say the purpose of the targeting lone characters rule is to protect characters from enemy shooting even uh from shooting that does not follow the usual rules what though it does not protect them from templates therefore and in the spirit of this rule unless they are the closest target to the cannon an enemy character that is within three inches of a friendly unit that contains five or more models of the same troop type cannot be struck by a cannonball holy shit Even if their base lies directly under the path of the bouncing cannonball. However, if a lone character's base lies directly underneath the strike point of a cannonball, they are hit. Well, that is it. That is really cool. Because I, I, again, Lone characters um, are so safe, like, way safer. Um, uh, because again, I was uh, a night goblin shaman and I was thinking, why wouldn't they just be outside of the unit? And Dickie said, well, I could just punk them with a cannon. I was like, oh, absolutely. You could, but nope, wrong. You can't punk. You can't punk lone characters. Uh, as long as they are neither the closest, uh, and they're within, uh, three inches of a friendly
0: unit. You can't punk them with a cannonball. That is big, big, big. This makes absolutely no sense based on every 80s movie I ever saw. Because like you, they could shoot a tank at like you know like a pigeon in the sky. Like I feel like you know, you, <laughs> I,
1: I really like it though actually because
0: this. No, I like it too. No. It. I like it too. It creates ludonarrative narrative dissonance.
1: Ding ding. If if you, cannons are basically like sniper rifles, which is how they've been a lot in previous games, um, that again takes a little bit of that sniper rifle uh, effect of the cannon out, which is great. Uh, of course, if you are imagining a big giant friggin monster of some kind, you're still going to get hit by the cannonball. But
0: anyway, that's cool. Your go. Uh, Small Arms Fire is also like 80s action movies in which it's just loads of bullets, but no actual hits uh, in the old world. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. Question. If a named character is equipped with a mundane weapon, uh, such as a lance or a cavalry spear and a magic weapon, can they choose to use the lance or cavalry spear or must they use a magic weapon? They must use their magic weapon. However, some named characters will (laughs) carry a backup weapon, which they uh, should... Uh, Which they use should their magic weapon be destroyed. Because there are ways to destroy magic weapons. So that is good. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, Warhammer Battles. Uh oh. New section. Here we go. Okay, Uh here we go. Uh oh. Here we go. go. The rule book lists the minimum size of a battlefield as 30 by 44 inches for games up to 1,000 points, 44 by 60 for 1,001 to 33,000 points. So 44 by 60 is that new, smaller um, uh, table size that has come along. Uh, so it's listed as that. Uh, okay, so I got to get to the end of this because this is very big for me because okay. I've argued about this with a lot of people. And <laughs> 44 by 90 for games of 3,001 points for the above. Do we have to use these sizes? No, these are the minimum recommended sizes. And this is from the rules and I've quoted this at people the normal size battlefield for a game between 2000 3000 points is 48 by 72, four by six as God intended. My (laughs) words, not theirs. And players are encouraged to use this. You don't want to be on, un- you don't want to be abnormal unless you're using legacy factors. That factions, doesn't, which doesn't that's say totally that. Normal. Read the thing. <laughs> the minimum sizes are based on the folding card Battlefields Games Workshop produces. These are ideal when space is an issue uh, or for smaller games. For example, we prefer a 44 by 60 Battlefield for a game of 1,000 or 1,500 points, which I've also said, rather than the more traditional 48 by 48 Battlefield. We find the smaller rectangular shape more
0: pleasing. Um, that is so great that they have got, that is so great. What about that guy that encouraged everyone to cut his mats? Heartbreak for that guy. I can't remember who it uh, was. Uh, uh, (laughs) that's,
1: that's Mikey. And it was just a circumcision joke that no one got. And I was like,
0: that's awesome. But they cut Uh, all their mats, right? A lot of people have cut a lot of mats. There has been a,
1: there have been a lot of mats cut but not here in the Heffel bunker. Uh, I've got four uh, 44 uh, 48 by um, 72s. it might be a thing where TOs do push to push for the other way but I'm telling you man 2000 points is a lot of models to cram onto uh, <laughs> to cram onto the 44 by 60. I'm so happy that they went to bat for for four by uh, four by six here. 48 by 72, it's sort of enshrining it as, I love that they call it the normal way to play. Uh, They still didn't say this is what you should use, uh, but you are encouraged to use this. So, um, you know, that's great. Um, It's it's not a hard ruling, but it does say that that is what they had in mind when they were doing this.
0: I think also worth pointing out that when we do eventually start at the stat center for the old world, uh, that um, uh, we probably will be accepting uh, tournaments that use either 48 by 60 or indeed... Um, you know the normal sized, uh, the as God intended. What has become? What <laughs> <That's right. laughs> the Lord's table size? <laughs> uh, magic items over to you, Mister Rob. Can the wearer of the Wizarding Hat cast spells whilst wearing armor? Yes. The wearer hey. of the Wizarding Hat is not actually a wizard. Their magical powers are granted by the Haunted Hat, which is not affected <laughs> by any armor the model may wear. Like, not only are these answers excellent, but they're also like theme It's pretty good. Oh, Excellent. Guys,
1: the, this is great. All right, question. Can the wearer of the Wizarding Hat also wear a magic helmet, such as a bedazzling helm? Yes, because one... <laughs> I hope they're funny here. Yes, because one is an enchanted item and the other is a type of magic armor. But we hope anyone equipping a model in such a way would make the effort to depict it wearing two
0: hats. (laughs) (laughs) Put a hat on a hat. Nice. That's a great answer. Right. If the the scroll of transmogrification is successfully used against a wizard mounted on a ridden monster, a dragon, or example, what happens to the mount? The wizard is transmogrified, but not their mount. In the example given, you would be left with a frog. Riding a dragon.
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay. Nice. Um, Transmogrification. Excellent. Unusual situations. Um, Maybe we'll break this up. Um, But Warhammer the Old World is a complex game of maneuver and countermaneuver between tightly formed battle lines of densely packed infantry and cavalry. It is to be expected that unusual situations will arise when units get in one another's way, interfering with movement, shooting, combat, and so forth.
0: Okay. to deal with this we encourage players to resolve uncertainties in a way that keeps the flame, uh, the game flowing uh, or to seek the opinion of an impartial third party at an organised event where such a situation could take on great significance this is the role of an event organiser or the umpires I love an umpire and players should always uh, defer to the ruling body of an official as is right and honourable uh, only the most dastardly rapscally would argue with such an exemplar of the hobby <laughs> let's go oh, they're enshrining don't
1: give your T.O. shit that's wonderful yeah For in example- the rules if move, <laughs> if for example, if moving, fleeing, overrunning, or pursuing units becomes too complex with units blocking the movement of one another, you may decide to nudge one unit aside by the smallest amount possible to make space for another, or you may decide to go back and resolve the movement of certain units in a different order.
0: Okay, uh, that which I think is good. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. uh, if such resolution is impossible, the simplest solution is to rule the unit cannot do the thing, by which we mean it cannot make the move, <laughs> cannot take the shot, and so forth. A stated on page 93 of the rule book. what matters more than any rule is that players enjoy the game and rivalries remain friendly. Okay. So the reason why I really like the, these final closing paragraphs is they do,
1: they do take the cowardly way out in a couple situations and say, yeah, just, just fudge it. Figure it out with your opponent. And they're noted. They're they're at least acknowledging that sometimes people just want a ruling. And so what they're saying here is, okay, if you guys can't work it out, if you can't nudge something in a way that's mutually agreeable, then you tell the TO, and the TO will find the the agreeable way. Um, and then uh, they also give another out, which is just if you can't do it without nudging something, then it just can't happen. Which I think is probably the way it should be played. Um, but we'll have to see in the fullness of time whether or not that's too harsh.
0: I think uh, I think it's good. I think enshrining the idea that uh, you know umpires and tos obviously have right of way. I mean, I'm not. Just, they aren't talking to you and me, and I don't think they're talking to most of our community because, like, this is already true. Uh, but I think maybe some returning players, maybe potentially, uh, could do with having uh, this information like passed on to them. I think that's helpful. Well, okay.
1: Hopefully, everyone is at least some uh, some experience in organized sports or or things that use referees and people who have to come and like adjudicate a situation. Um, there's nothing wrong with pleading your case, but when a ruling is made and when when the when what right or wrong, right or wrong, because sometimes the TO in the moment presented with the facts will get the ruling wrong. Mm. You just have to take it like you just gotta you say your piece, and if if you're on the wrong side of the law, you're on the wrong side of it, it like. TOs are not infallible. They'll get calls wrong, but it, it doesn't work if you don't follow what what the ruling is. So it's just saying there that you must respect whatever the, the final uh, decision is uh, from the TO. And even if they're full of poop and they do the wrong thing, you just got to take it. That's, that's the way it is. You can save it for the press conference after and the league can decide whether or not they fine you. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, basically, that's basically how it's got to go. Otherwise, these things just don't work. Rob, what a tour to force. Both... I mean, by us for one thing, because we did that in forty in an hour, not even forty-five minutes. Uh, but also, SDS, SDS. So as S-D-S. someone, so so
0: as, so as someone who, um, as Val said, uh, like when we were getting the information, I was like, no, don't worry, we just change it to A to Z, we'll find it. Um, when <laughs> someone who does this religiously and has done this for a long time for for other game systems. Um, it's actually quite interesting. There's a significant difference in the way this is written versus Age of Sigmar and 40k. Uh, many of the Age of Sigmar and 40k ones feels like uh, them not wanting to cop to a mistake uh, and then they write an incredibly complicated question that no one's ever asked uh, to get to give you an answer as an FAQ. Um, what I like about this is I would say that with the exception of uh, how Poison and armorbane works, I don't think there's anything in there that has been overtly not already in the rules, but the clarity on those bits in the rules have been nice. And I do want that. Like, I like so I kind of started this show with, oh, you're going to be mad that your book's out of date. But actually, absolutely not. There's nothing nope. in here, which I would say is a change from what the book currently says. Just maybe it's worded better or it's more specific
1: there were a handful that like the hill one actually i think does change what it says um, but very limited Uh, most most of these were genuine clarifications on things that genuinely are helpful to be clarified um that was not a waste of time uh to go through and again gives gives uh even more support and credence to the idea that this is a game that they have been chewing on mulling over like understanding for some time now and feedback on Getting feedback on and clearly hearing that feedback, um, they didn't come out with uh, uh, pages of uh, of changes and errata because you know there are like mechanics that just don't work out of the box or things are functionally broken. We'll probably find some like that's going to happen. Like as you know, when you go from a playtest team of maybe dozens at the most to thousands and thousands around the world of people who like really obsess over these things, they're gonna we're gonna find some weird shit. That's no doubt going to happen. Um, but, you know, out of the box, I'm just glad to see the clarifications we've got. I would ask Chat, what what are things that now that you're engaging with the rules, like, uh, do you think they should have called out? Are there broken things you've already found that, that you know, would warrant, you think, in an a rat and that you're pissed? How could they not have answered this? Because these two fam, fanboys feel like these were really good. Um, uh, this is a really good start.
0: I think it's a good start. I think this is a competent good start feels like a love letter which is nice feels really mm-hmm. really really lovely um, yeah and I'm Playful I, I, not
1: condescending sometimes the answers are just straight condescending but I've seen in, in these things these were these were these were fun answers uh, yeah, some of them, yeah
0: they were fun they were fun it, it's, it felt like I, I was engaged by the answers I didn't feel like I was just reading by rote which is nice yeah. as well and I enjoyed doing it as a pest so I loved that thank you um, great uh, thank you normally this is a solo project I have to do so this is nice uh, to face these all in my life. <laughs> thanks arm. for
1: letting me pray, thanks for letting me read read as well i know i, I inserted myself but that was no no that was that good was better, it was that better, better, it was good for
0: me. for me that was good for me uh all right so i hope you've all enjoyed this uh you know do like comment subscribe and like val says leave us as many thoughts as you can uh on this subject because those are things we read these comments we're religious about it read them learn yeah. take information in and that stuff is really valuable uh because hopefully it makes us better at what we want to do Uh, Which is, you know, play these games, organize events, uh, run different stuff and and get involved. So,
1: and we're uh, learning together as a community. I've been learning so much from this show, from podcasts, from comments, from everywhere. Like, we're learning together. So, the more we, the more we, uh, feedback and, and talk about this stuff, the better we'll be able to play this game. And it's an awesome game. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, yes, let's go. Uh, right, so let us know what you think. Uh, we've got loads to talk about. There'll be another show coming so soon, uh, which is going to be super fun. Check it out. See you guys soon. Thank you for being Square Base. Square Blessed. Loads of love. Bye.